following Jesus family Sanbonani Khuya Mora Apsheni Dumelang My name is Baba Lutekiso for those who don't know who I am and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community it's awesome that we could gather once more on this platform If you are joining us for the first time or if you have been joining us over the past few weeks we just want to welcome you once more and say feel at home and enjoy yourself Dale Dumisane Lovelin Enlerato thank you for your continuous support and efforts and sacrifice that you are putting for all of us to be able to worship in this space we appreciate you guys and we love you hey this week we launched our small groups communities and if you are not part of this and you'd like to still be linked up with one why don't you send us an email why don't you call us why don't you send us a whatsapp and let us help you to find a home for yourself let us help you to find community here at following jesus remember we believe that following jesus is a community church that meets on sundays so we want to make sure that even during this pandemic people do not feel out of place people do not feel alone and lonely so if you are looking for a family if you are looking for a community please tell us give us a call send us a whatsapp send us an email and let us help you be linked up also today is father's day and we want to say to all the fathers out there happy 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 father's day we hope that today we can spend some time being celebrated we can spend some time reflecting on the role that god has given us as fathers to play in society and yeah we just want to say to the dads at following jesus we love you we appreciate you and yeah may god bless you as you spend some time celebrating we also just want to take a moment and say we are also aware that there are people who would love to celebrate their dads today but either their dads are no more or they've never had a dad in their lives hey there might be some people in your life who've played a fatherly figure why don't you pick up the phone why don't you just send them an sms and tell them how much you appreciate um their presence in your life and yeah i'm hoping that god will comfort those who need to be comforted in this moment and god will be with those that are in need and those who at this moment might be feeling a little bit discouraged because of the history that they've had with their dad hey talking about dads today i have a friend of mine robert intuli and to some of you he might not be a stranger anymore because you saw him when we had the conversation on tuesday with the racism dialogue and um robert is going to talk to us today about the importance of fatherhood so i'm really excited about this message i am hoping that it's going to impact all of us and i'm hoping that it's going to really help us to reflect on what the role of, of what our role is uh, that the father has put for all of us so robert take us away my brother hello following jesus family great to talk to you once again and we were together through a webinar a couple of uh, days ago as we were processing uh, the holy show of racism together and uh, we obviously find ourselves in very very significant times a lot of things are happening in this world we have a pandemic coronavirus 
We have another pandemic, which is racism, and we've seen cities across the nations of the earth in a state of protest because of that. And we had a great webinar as we were processing these things together, this issue of, of racism and even COVID-19. And I'm really, really honored to be able to speak to you. And thanks to Pablo for granting me this opportunity to speak to you on this Father's Day. And, uh, and that's exactly what I'm talking to you about, actually, about fatherhood. Um, reflecting on fatherhood as we celebrate fathers, as we reflect on fatherhood together. Uh, I want to just look into the Word of God and see what the Word of God tells us just around these issues. And um, as we do that, I want to use a phrase that is, a, is an adaptation from 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, where John writes to the church and he says, I write to you, fathers. And I want to adapt that to say, I speak to you, fathers. I speak to you, fathers. That's I want us to, to reflect on that. And of course, just, not just me speaking to you, fathers. Uh, let's take this moment as a God moment, as God speaks to us and is speaking to us about issues of fatherhood. We cannot talk about fatherhood without thinking about God, the trinity of God, the divinity of God. We know that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Does not make sense in the, the human brain, but actually that's the nature of God. God is three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, um, and, uh, and so we cannot think about fathers or fatherhood without thinking about God. In other words, to, to engage in the subject of fatherhood, we have to come out of the space of gender, back into the nature of God, and then walk back into gender to see how fathers are meant to actually walk and represent the Father, the Heavenly Father in the earth. So God is our Father. In Galatians 4, 6, in Romans 8, 15, it talks about Abba Father, where the Spirit who cries out, Abba Father, Abba Father. But also in Matthew 6, 9, uh, we are told to pray our Father. And I like the combination of the two. On the one hand, the phrase is Abba Father, and the phrase Abba Father speaks of intimacy with God. My Father, God, my Father. But the, 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 the phrase in Matthew 6, 9 is our Father. So it talks, it captures the whole reality of us as a collective humanity with one father. And for that reason, it doesn't make sense to have um, racism and gender-based violence and, and all of the things that are happening. Actually, it's very important that we're reflecting on fatherhood in, in, such, a, in such a time when uh, we are dealing with issues of gender-based violence and, and stuff like that. So the Trinity of God is our starting place. And out of that, we can make a statement. And the statement is this, that a broken image of a father in the earth is a serious violation of the nature of God. A broken image of a father in the earth is a serious violation of the nature of God. And so we have a tremendous responsibility, fathers, to think about this. Of course, there are aspects about God that are very motherly. You know, uh, God is not human like you and I. Uh, 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 you know, both genders come from God. Uh, Genesis 1.27, he made man, man or male and female. So both man and woman are the composites of the same nature of God. They are not meant to compete with one another. Uh, Gender-based violence doesn't, doesn't make sense. When the two men and women um, are, um, stand in the earth, in society, in, in a healthy state, they both then reflect the nature of God. So the cause around fatherhood and motherhood or manhood and womanhood is not a cause for patriarchy or, 
or, or feminism. It's a cause that seeks to restore the image of God back to society. In other words, we are robbed of the image of God when men are not men, and we are robbed of the image of God when women, women are not women. The Bible shows us, um, uh, in the first few books of the Bible, the Bible shows us that the kingdom of God actually advances through the structure of family, within which fathers play a very significant role. We know of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The promise of God is advanced in that family uh, through the lineage of, of family and through the responsibility of fathers. Abraham, he is a God. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's how he would reveal himself even to the nation of Israel. And this is very, very important. When I think about my own journey, I lost my father at the, at the age, at the tender age of nine. It was back in 1985. Uh, my father, uh, his first wife passed away and got married to my mother. And he was already um, old at the time. And and when he passed on in 1985, he was already 73 years. I was nine. And, and so there was a significant gap between us. And so I didn't grow up with a, a fatherly figure in my space. I've had to have walked through the journey in my salvation. I grew up, my father was actually a pastor. Um, and so I grew up in a Christian family. But uh, I only got saved later in uh, probably I was 22, 23 years old. And God had to take me through a journey of discovering him but also discovering my manhood and discovering myself as a husband to my wife, Zamo, and discovering myself as a father to my two children, Malusi and Kanyiso. And, and that's, that's been my story. And so you might be watching this and thinking, but I haven't had the privilege of a father. Uh, I, I share that. In my case, he passed away, uh, and maybe you have a different experience, but I know that God can take us on a journey to reveal the nature of a father in our hearts. In the Hebrew, this word father means the head of the household. It means a guardian. It means a steward. The word means the originator. It also means a pioneer. So the father is a pioneer. He's the originator. He's the, he, 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 you know, he, he is the pioneer of life. Uh, fathers must not be, or men must not be, uh, men and fathers must not be people that are laid back and passive. They, 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 they must be at the forefront of life, life serving humanity. The man was a servant in Genesis 2.15. The man was released by God to serve his environment. And that's what Adam did. Uh, he was given the, the responsibility to serve, to protect. The man is called to be a servant of humanity, to be a, a, a deacon of humanity. And, and that's what men are. That's what fathers are. So the issue of a father is, is, is by implication a relational word. You can't be a father unless there is a child, um, um, a daughter or a son. Um, it's a relational word. It's a functional word also in the sense that if you claim to be a father, then somebody else must be experiencing your fatherhood. You can't just um, uh, self-proclaim yourself uh, to be a father unless someone else is actually experiencing fatherhood out of your life. I want us to, to, to take a moment, saints, to look at some qualities of God the Father because we, the word says we must imitate God. We are disciples of Christ. If we can learn from him, then we can be good fathers, we can be good mothers, we can be good men, we can be good women. In this context, we talk about fatherhood and some very important qualities of a father that I want us to just reflect upon together 
as we, we learn about this thing of fatherhood. The first thing that I want us to identify about God the Father is a phrase that is taken out of Psalm chapter 2 verse 7 and in John chapter 1 verse 14. It identifies the Father in the context of His Son. The Father in the context of His Son. The Father begets the Son. The Father begets the Son. The phrase we see in the Word of God is a phrase phrase that says, His only begotten Son. His only begotten Son. So the Father begets the Son. That word means to give birth. It means to act as a midwife or to help in the process of birth. The word means to deliver. That's the meaning of the word in the Hebrew. To give birth, to act as a midwife, or to help to give birth and to deliver. In other words, fathers, we don't just give birth to babies and run away. We have to help in the process of nurturing of these children to make sure that we are, they are brought to life and they are brought to maturity. That's what that word, be, uh, uh, the father begets the son, means. But in the Greek, that, that phrase, his only begotten son, uh, captures the idea of the son as one of his kind, one who is unique. And so it captures the idea that the father has to see the uniqueness of his child, the prophetic uniqueness of his child. There is a particular attention and detail that the father gives to, 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 to his own son uh, in the context of the heavenly father, and that we therefore must give to our children as, as earthly fathers, uh, that we must be present, we must be contemplative about the prophetic identity of our children as, as, as fathers. So the first thing we learn about the father is that he begets the son. And that's what that word, as John would just describe it, means exactly that, that he, he, he gives birth, he acts as a midwife, but also he is able to see the prophetic uniqueness of his son in our context of our children. That's the first thing that I want us to identify. The second thing that I want us to identify about God the Father is that in Ephesians 3 uh, verses 14 to 15, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Amazing about God the Father. Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he says, I kneel before the Father from whom his his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The two ideas we get from this scripture is is, is that the first idea is that the Father is the reconciler. He reconciles heaven and earth. The families who are both in heaven and on earth um, uh, can identify, can be reconciled in the Father. Absolutely important that fathers play a significant role of reconciliation in the family and also in society that we are reconciled in him. Because um, for, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth, two realms, two spheres that are reconciled in him. But the other idea we get from the scripture is that the father is the bearer of identity. He carries that identity for the family. And, and that's important that we understand that uh, fathers, if the father is broken, then the s- children have to struggle to rediscover their own God-given identity because their father is broken. So father is a reconciler and father is a bearer of identity in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 15. The third quality that we see about, about the father 
is found in John 15 verses 1 to 2. And this is the testimony of Jesus about the Father. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that bears uh, fruit he prunes so that it will even uh, uh, be more fruitful. <clears throat> it will be even more fruitful. That's what John chapter 15 verses 1 to 2 says. Uh, we see the father as the gardener here. The father is the gardener. A father is a gardener. Remember, we're looking at the qualities of God the father to learn how to be fathers on earth. And the gardener describes one who tills the ground, a farmer. Uh, it, des it describes this ability to cultivate an environment of growth. This ability to cultivate an environment of growth. That's what this word uh, gardener means. So we have to be cultivators of growth, fathers. We can't suppress and oppress our children. We have to be cultivators of growth. And this is very, very important. That's the third component that we are seeing about God the Father. The fourth component about God the Father is, is, is found in Isaiah 64 verse 8. Uh, it talks about the Father being the porter. Oh Lord, you are our Father, it says. We are the clay, you are the porter. We are all the work of your hand. We are all the work of your hand. That word porter means to mold into a form. It means to squeeze into a, sh into a shape. The word means describes really the ability to form utility out of nothingness. That's what the potter does. It takes that which has no value and it forms utility and value out of it. It makes it beautiful. It makes it attractive. It makes people to come to look at this thing with wonder, a sense of wonder. That's what our, our fathers do. And that's what the Heavenly Father does in us. And that's what we earthly fathers must do in our environments. The fifth component that I want to bring to your attention about the Father is found in the, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Um, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6 verses 9 to 13. And I want to identify three things that are mentioned about God the Father. It says we must pray our Father who is in heaven uh, and talks about among the things that He provides. You give us today our daily bread. And I want to underline daily, not just bread, daily bread means that He provides uh, for our customized needs in certain specific seasons. That's what fathers must be able to do. They must be able to live up to the moment. They have to be able to discharge of themselves, not just their finances, but their emotions, their personalities, their prophetic capacity uh, for their children in times of need. That's what fathers do. The second thing that it says in Matthew 6 is that, is that lead us not into temptation. The whole question of leadership is absolutely critical for fathers in verse 13. And then it also talks about deliver us from evil, which means that the Father is the Redeemer. He's, he covers, He protects us. And what fathers must redeem their children from, from straying into darkness and sin. And, and they must lead them into the way of the kingdom of God. Absolutely, absolutely important. Those five qualities that we are seeing about, about God the Father. If we therefore have to become fathers uh, uh, in, in the kingdom of God, we have to understand the triggers that God has to use inside of our own lives and inside of our own hearts. There are triggers that unleash uh, fatherhood capacity 
inside of us. The first trick I want to identify is the fact that God must make us into, uh, into fathers. God must make us. Genesis 17 verse 5, God said to Abraham, I will make you into a father. I will make you into a father of all nations. I will increase your capacity. I will increase your, your, your character, your personality, that you can be able to accommodate more than you have been able to. And that's what fathers do. Genesis chapter 17, verse 5. So we want to pray, God, make me. Make me a father. Make me a father. We have erred, we have maybe made mistakes. Make me a father. The second trigger that is important in the journey towards fatherhood is that God must turn our hearts to, towards our children. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. There's this mutual dynamic process that God promises there uh, that is critical for there to be a blessing uh, upon the families, upon the land. I will tend, and God must tend. We have to have, in other words, we have to have encounters, a trek of spiritual encounters where we know that that day God touched me and transformed my heart and he made me a father. Uh, you're, not a, you're not a father because you, you, you happen to be a male. A father is made by God and that's absolutely important. The third um, uh, 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 component uh, that I want to identify and trigger is the holy of compassion. Fathers have to be characterized by this thing called compassion. In Psalm 103 verse 13, uh, the father is compassionate to his son, to his children. Uh, we have to have compassion. And that word compassion means mercy. It means love. It means deep sympathy and sorrow for another. Deep sympathy and sorrow for another. How interesting that uh, Paul would, would write to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 verse 8 about men having to lift up their hands and worship God. Um, lift up their hands and worship God without wrath and without doubting inside of their own hearts. That word wrath means violence. And I thought it was God knows that there's this violent fallenness inside of the heart of the man, of a father, that has to be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. And so we have to lift up our hands without wrath and without doubting. In Titus chapter 2, verse 2, uh, we need to have, as fathers, we need to have love and patience. So fathers must have compassion. But the next thing that fathers must have is discipline. They must be able to discipline their own sons. The father disciplines his own son. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. Uh, this is not the expression, does not describe the expression of rage or anger. Uh, the word means to convict and to correct. It means to define morals. That's what that word means, to, to discipline. In, in the Greek, it, this word is used, um, I mean, the scripture is referred to in, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, um, and, and, and the word there in the Greek, uh, to discipline the son means to train the son, to educate the son, to teach the son. So fathers have to learn to be coaches, to be trainers, to not just um, uh, uh, vent, to not just shout at their children, but to be trainers in, 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 in morality and righteousness. That's what this word emphasizes. The next component in the journey to, to being a father is, is what Paul describes in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And it, it, it describes his ministry really to the Thessalonians. It begins by saying, actually, that I came to you like a mother. I nurtured you. And then he says in verses 11 and 12 in First Thessalonians chapter 2, I came to you also like a father. And the characters, the characteristics that he uses there 
to, to capture and to describe his ministry as a father is one where he says, I comforted you. That word comfort means to relate near, relational proximity. Fathers have to come near their children. They have to come close. They can't be distant. They can't be sealed up in their own hearts. They need to come close. But Paul also says, I charged you. I urged you. That's, that's the word that he used. And that word means to bear the record. It means to testify. It means to give evidence. So the emphasis of this word is look at the track of my life. Look at my past and look at my history and see the evidence of God. So when Paul says, I charge you, he's not talking about verbal instruction. He's saying, look at my life and learn how to walk in life. Look at my life and learn how to walk in life. And of course, if, if we're not in that state as fathers, we need, to, we need to get to that space because this is very important for, for, the, you know, for, for the future of our children. Absolutely, absolutely important. Those, those, are, those, those triggers and those, those components of fatherhood in our chain of fatherhood are absolutely important. That uh, fathers must be made by God. Fathers must have their hearts turned towards their children. Uh, fathers must have compassion. They must be able to discipline their children. And they must be able to comfort and to charge their children. Like I said earlier, I, I, I lost my father at, the, at an early stage. And I've had to um, uh, walk through this journey of fatherhood and discover God the Father and learn how to lead my own children. And, and how do I wrestle, how do I engage with this space called fatherhood? As the, the one thing I ensure, the, the first thing I ensure to do is to be present, is to be relationally present. And sometimes men can be distant. They can be physically present, but be distant. Or sometimes, oftentimes in society, we've heard of stories where men are absent. They've gone AWOL, absent without leave. And I, I strive to be present uh, for my son, for my daughter. That's very, very important. Physically and relationally present. Absolutely important. That sometimes you can be physically present, but relationally distant. That your, your, your children have never touched your heart and you've never touched their, their hearts. And, and it's important that we are present. The second thing that I do in my journey, in my struggle, in my wrestling with fatherhood, is by creating a safe environment through marriage, through godly, good marriage. A marriage creates is important in creating a sense of safety for children. And so, and so um, a good marriage, godly marriage with my wife is not just good for us only, but it really serves to create a safer environment for the children. They feel safe when they know that mommy and daddy are walking in a proper uh, relationship in marriage and and all of those things. The third thing that I, I do to stri in my striving for um, uh, 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 fatherhood is by ensuring that I touch and nurture the humanity of my children and, and to touch my hum the humanity of my children, to touch their hearts and to touch their struggles, their concerns, and to be there to have conversations with them. And I think there are three things there that fathers must uh, be able to define for their children. One is values. As we touch the humanity of our children, we have to define values for them. We have to define worldview for them. And we have to define purpose. Uh, the other things we can talk about, but I think values, worldview, and purpose are so uh, critical in, in, in shaping the outlook uh, of our children. Um, and, so, and so, of course, in society, we find that there are 
you know, find cases where fathers are actually absent. We find absent fathers. And then, like I said earlier, sometimes fathers can be relationally absent. Sometimes we're busy with sports. We're busy trying to make money before we wake up. Uh, by the time we wake up, our children are 21, 20, 25. They're getting married and we don't know where the time, you know, uh, where we lost the time. So it's important that we're present. Even as we, you know, do other things, pursue business and careers, we have to be present at home. We cannot defer our fathering, our fatherhood to institutions like schools. If you had a, um, uh, had a statement, what are they teaching you at school? Didn't they teach you this at school? Um, very, very wrong. This one, we're deferring our responsibility to institutions. As we seal this up, I want to I talk about uh, systemic fatherhood. Because I think it's important. I mean, we're dealing with, inside of this time in, in, in South Africa, gender-based violence. Uh, and of course, it's men, it's fathers. Um, uh, violence and abuse towards women and abuse towards children. <clears throat> Physical abuse, emotional abuse, all sorts of abuse. And so I want to talk about systemic fatherhood. The word systemic uh, uh, relates to the conditions of society as a whole, conditions of society as a whole. So we are now therefore looking at not just my household, but what is the state of fatherhood in as far as the society of South Africa is concerned, the history, the present, the future, uh, systemically. I think that uh, there are four categories of fatherhood systemically that we need to be aware of in South Africa that we need to uh, be aware of and, and, and learn how to engage with. The first is the oppressor father. Uh, in the history of this nation, we've had apartheid, we've had all sorts of things of racism. And, um, and sometimes for some of us, we've learned to be nice at home, but we are not so great at work. We, 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 if we were to ask people at work to give testimony, a testimony about us, they wouldn't give a great testimony. We, 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 we've grown in this broken uh, you know, nation in terms of racism, in terms of sexism, in terms of classism, all sorts of stuff. And uh, we need to deal with the oppressor father. We need to repent from that, actually. The way we deal with it is repent. The word repent means to change your mind, that I, I'm no longer going to do this. I don't just feel sorry in the moment, but I change my mind about this issue. I develop a, a, a new value system, a new, a new outlook about this. The oppressor father we need to deal with. The second category that we find in, in South Africa in terms of systemic fatherhood is the liberator father. I think this is a powerful category about our heritage in South Africa. You think about men like Nelson Mandela, Walter Sisulu, and, 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 and uh, many different uh, 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 politicians and, and liberators who, who put their lives, uh, who laid their lives down for the betterment, for for the for the for the redemption of the nation, for the redemption of the nation, I think there is a heritage here that we need to tap into. We need to become liber liberators, fathers, in as far as society is concerned. The next, the third co uh, component in terms of systemic fatherhood is the abuser father. What we are seeing around uh, gender-based violence, those who are abusing women emotionally. Maybe some uh, immorally, uh, sexually immoral and womanizing, all sorts of evils that we are seeing that we need to repent of, and and maybe even abuse to our children, um, the abuser father, and then the, the fourth component in terms of systemic fatherhood is the absentee father, uh, the, he who has gone a wall, 
That's, this is the father who's gone AWOL, absent without, without leave, who has, who has um, relieved himself of the responsibility to take care of his own family, AWOL. And that's the problem that we, we see. And if we consider that as we seal this up, then um, we, we, we have to consider in terms of systemic fatherhood, what it is that God wants to see in the land of South Africa in terms of systemic fatherhood. I want to submit these six realities that God wants to see in terms of systemic fatherhood. And then we can reflect on this as fathers and even as church. The first thing I believe God wants to see in, in terms of systemic fatherhood is that He wants to see fathers who will define the value system of the nation. Fathers who will define the value system of the nation. Second Chronicles 34 verse 12 Josiah walked in the ways of his father, David. So we need a legacy of values, of morality, of righteousness uh, that the fathers must leave behind for future generations. The second thing that God wants to see is that he wants to see fathers who will sacrifice for the well-being of the nation. Really, um, uh, we said that God created man and he put him in the garden and he, he he gave him strength to protect his environment, not to serve his environment, not to abuse his environment. And I want to submit to you that the strength of the man is best displayed when the man goes to the cross. Of course, we, we know who we talk about. We talk about our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate man. He is the ultimate display of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a father, really. Is that we can sacrifice for the bathing of lives for the redemption of lives. And so God wants to see fathers in this nation who will sacrifice for the well-being of the nation. The third thing that God wants to see is what we see in Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. Fathers who will see the future of the nation through the young generation and not through institutions. We can't, we can no longer just simply depend on schools and different institutions. We need to see the actual or the future through the actual children growing up in our, in our spaces, in our households, in our neighborhoods. We need to see, we need our hearts turn to the, to the sons and to the, to the daughters, to the next generation, in other words. The fourth thing that God wants to see is what we see in Joshua chapter 5 and in Acts chapter 16 verses 1 to 5. And, and, and God wants to see fathers who will circumcise the next generation. In Joshua 5, Joshua uh, pause the whole uh, uh, military campaign just to circum- circumcise the generation to remove the reproach of Egypt. And um, in Acts 16, Paul uh, circumcised Timothy. Timothy, Timothy, this bright guy, this amazing guy. And why did he circumcise him? So that he could take him to the next level of, his, of himself, of his ministry, of purpose. And this is so important. The next thing that God wants to see is number five, fathers who will defend the cause of the fatherless. Um, in Psalm 68 verse 5. Uh, we can't be fathers without standing for justice. Fathers will defend the cause of the fatherless. And the last thing that God wants to see is again in the relationship between David and Solomon. Fathers will prepare the next generation in the task of nation building. How David uh, sets the platform for young Solomon who was young and inexperienced. He gave him plans and gifts and he, he coronates him, he crowns him and it gets him ready to be the next king. And that's what God wants to see. And so my prayer is that 
we will encounter God inside of this time. We will go back and talk to God and let Him define us and make us fathers so that we can step into our role, not only in our homes, but in society in terms of systemic fatherhood and fulfill um, uh, the task that is before us as fathers. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Brother Robert, for that message. You've given us so much to think about. You've given us so much to process. And you've given us so many questions to ask ourselves. Yeah, I guess for me, listening to you, the question I'm asking myself again is what legacy am I leaving behind for the next generation? Thank you so much for challenging us this morning. We appreciate it. I'm hoping that was helpful. I'm hoping you managed to write them down, take a screenshot, and spend some time over this week reflecting on those questions and some of the things that Brother Robert has, has, has said to us. We love you, family, and until we see you next time, stay well, stay blessed, and keep warm. Shoshon. Sure, sure.